0: Hey everyone, it's Gabby here again. I'm the Student Success Coordinator here at Food Biz Whiz, and I support our Retail Ready students by helping with behind-the-scenes logistics. Because of that, I get to see what questions are at the top of food founders' minds. I absolutely love connecting listeners with content we already have here on the podcast. I'll be resharing episodes of the Food Bizwiz podcast that I know are full of resonant takeaways for you. Today, I'm resharing an oldie but goodie, or greatie, <laughs> episode 40. It's titled, Storytelling for Sales, Using the Power of Storytelling to Build Your Packaged Food or Beverage Business with Adam Force. Alright, so first of all, I just want to take a moment of pause. Guys, this was over two years ago in food business history. Two years! Which brings me to recognizing that today's episode is our 150th episode. Oh wow. I know Allie mentioned this a few episodes back, but it takes us about three hours to do a podcast episode. So three hours times 150 episodes is 450 hours. Now, doing the math, that's about 56.25 days, or over 10 weeks of 24-7 work into the podcast. I'm just going to reiterate two quick things Allie mentioned. First, we have lots of valuable content. If you go to our website, which is linked in the show notes, you can sort our 150 episodes by category. Now, the second is this. We put a lot of work into the podcast, and we really enjoy it. Would you do us a favor and share this podcast with your food community? Please help us share the podcast by snapping a screenshot and sharing this to your stories, tagging Ali at her Instagram handle, it's Allie Ball, or by sharing this episode directly with a fellow food founder. We also greatly appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen. Thanks so, so much. All right, now let me get back to the podcast episode. Adam Forrest is the founder of Change Creator, a business dedicated to helping brands use authentic storytelling to reach the right customers. Adam and Ali talk about such important considerations around what a sales story is, the importance of who you tell your story to, and the value of telling it at the right time. Then, Adam shares how you can start to hone your storytelling skills and how to know if you're on the right track. I know this one is going to be super important as you think about your social media, digital marketing, and how you reach buyers and consumers. Let's get started. I'm
1: Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this! I've got a valuable freebie to go along with today's episode. It's my workbook on 100 Wholesale Buyer Knows, which outlines all of the excuses that I used to give brands who weren't a great fit for our shelves back when I was a grocery buyer. This download helps you prepare for any possible no and teaches you how to change it into a yes. Find the free link in our show notes. Hey, Adam, welcome to Food Biz Wiz.
2: What's up, Allie? Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
1: Of course. So as I mentioned in the intro, you guys are going to love listening to Adam today as he talks about the power of storytelling and how you can leverage it to achieve higher sales with your food business. Adam, you've got quite the background in storytelling. I mean, you were the director of strategic marketing at WebMD for 10 years. You started your second business, Change Creator. Change Creator, like we said, is an educational media platform. You've got so many resources like a podcast of your own, a digital magazine and over 200 expert interviews. I mean gosh, Adam, I've seen some of those interviews and you have some pretty amazing people on there, right? Like Richard Branson, Ariana <laughs> Huffington. Yeah. It's wild. I feel like we could we could do a whole other podcast episode on like how you get those <laughs> interviews. I mean, you've had so much success in the past 15 years building five businesses becoming you and your team, becoming experts in storytelling and marketing. Can we jump in right there? Like Adam? Yeah. How'd sure. you get there?
2: <laughs> um, You know, I, <laughs> great question. <laughs> how'd how'd you it? do it? <laughs> well, you know, the WebMD process was actually a really good starting point for me because um, I had, I had a great team and I started really learning the power of storytelling there because, and I won't spend too much time here in the WebMD space, but just to give you guys a sense, um, I would create strategies, digital marketing strategies for brands that could be um, Walgreens, it could be Target, MasterCard, whatever it might be that's coming to WebMD. And they were all $500,000 plus, a lot of times around $1 to $3 million. And so I would have to come up with a strategy for the sales team to pitch. And I would go out with the sales team to help, um, you know, pitch that strategy. And a lot of times, you know, sales teams get all hyped up about all the tactics and tools that we have. And, you know, this website, or we're going to do this video series and all these things. And that's never what sold the deal. What sold the deal was how we wrap it into a story because you have a room of people in this company that are interested in what you're offering and how you're going to help them. And when they walk away, they don't remember all those little details, facts, and statistics. What they remember is how you wrap it in a story. And that's what they're going to share with their boss and their other managers and those types of things. So this is what engaged people. It was the strategy and the juice and the story behind it. Um, And WebMD has its own story about what they stand for, and what they're about that people buy into as well. So this can be applied to any business, whether you're a startup or a big company like WebMD. What makes Apple so great? What makes Google so great? It is storytelling. So people don't really tie these things together typically,
1: Yeah, um, yeah. but they're
2: all grounded in powerful storytelling.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it when you say it, I'm like, oh, right, of course. Like We all love stories and the things that we latch onto are not like how we're going to do that drip campaign or that video sequence, no. <laughs> but it's the story. It's the storytelling aspect of it. Right.
2: Exactly. Um, so, you know, we, I kicked off change creator change for my first company it was totally different. It was a record label uh, out of New York city. I didn't we know that. Fly- yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. So that's a little bit of a kickback about 10 years ago. And we were finding artists from all around the world. And it was a huge uh, process that we went through. And that was a great company. And I changed gears. Um, at During that time, I was still actually working at WebMD. This was kind of like in my mind, like I want to be an entrepreneur and I was just getting my feet wet. Mm-hmm. And so sure. I just was thinking to myself at one point, um, I was feeling burnout. I was living in Philadelphia. And so my wife and I, my wife's a doctor and she was like going through the grind of residency and stuff. So we're like, let's get out of the city. and we decided to go somewhere very remote. We ended up in Costa Rica. So sitting out there with my own thoughts and feeling like I was in just the middle of nowhere, um, I realized, I was like, you know what? I'm not exhausted from long hours and traveling from Philly to New York and all that stuff. I was feeling fatigued and burnt out because I wasn't doing work that was meaningful to me. And that's when the, like <laughs> the alarm bells went off in my <laughs> brain. I was like, oh my God, 10 years from now, what if I'm still doing this stuff? Yeah. This is not what I'm passionate about. So that's when Change Creator was born after a lot of ideation, volunteer work, testing out all these different ideas. And I was like, I have all these media skills, right? Um, yep. In the digital marketing space. How do I take those and apply it to something that really matters and can help make the world a better place? You know, that's what we're all about at Change Creator. Totally. And so we wanted to redefine good business and help entrepreneurs really soup up their businesses to have an impact, but also be meaningful to
1: them. Yeah, all through the power of storytelling.
2: All through the power of storytelling. I mean, how do we get Richard Branson? How do we get Ariana Huffington for just, the it was issue seven of Change Creator Magazine.
1: I, I right? know, I know. When, <laughs> when you and I first met and you showed me that on your phone, you showed me the digital magazine. I was like, holy cow, how
2: did you do this? Well, that's the thing. It's like, we weren't as a major established brand at the time. It was because of storytelling that we were able to get them on board with our idea. And that's what storytelling is about. So if people, most people don't realize that all social progress that has happened all throughout history is because of storytelling. Because storytelling is a form of communication to help people clearly understand what you're about, what you stand for, to become memorable, and then they get excited to be part of what you're doing. And if you can't get people to be part of what you're doing, you're never gonna create a movement and you're never gonna grow your business.
1: Oh, I love that. I think that you are, you are speaking to my audience here because we have so many people, so many food brands in retail ready who started their companies because of a personal experience. Maybe it was a health experience where they needed to change their diet, or they really saw the power of, you know, incorporating fermented foods (laughs) into their diet or like, you know, whatever it was, right? Like there is a reason why they started their their business. Yep. And so the the story is really powerful, but time and time again, they they're they're like limited in how they're sharing their story. They're like holding back here for some reason or another.
2: And that's exactly it. And there's two parts of it, right? So you have storytelling is verbal and nonverbal. And so we have to kind of like be grounded in our ethos. And that starts with what you just talked about, which is You know, why did I start this business? What are we all about? And it stems from there because now that becomes your North Star for decision making. You know, if I make a video and I talk about how we want to make the world a different, a better place, and how we want to use business to do that you know, I'm using storytelling because that's part of our story. It's part of our ethos. And so what people get confused about is what's a sales story? What's my core founder story? And how do I start applying it across, you know, in our program, the Captivate Method, we call it the digital conversation, Mm. right? Because we're not knocking on doors and we're not going to do door to door sales to have a one hour conversation where I can hear what they have problems with and respond immediately. Now we have this digital conversation mm-hmm. and we have to figure out well where is the buyer in the journey what do they know about me what do they need to know about me and what stories can I tell to help them understand and get excited about what we're doing.
1: Yeah, I think that's so interesting thinking about it from that digital perspective and you know more and more we're seeing even though you know a lot of my my retail ready students most of my retail ready students are still selling in brick and mortar grocery stores. There's so many, two things. One, they are still pitching to that grocery buyer over email first or on the phone, right? Like there's still that digital pitch. And then of course we're seeing a huge rise in e-commerce. So, so many people selling direct to consumer online or direct to, other wholesale platforms online like food 52 or good eggs or drive market no. and things like that so the digital pitch is so important here um, I like I like thinking about it from the aspect of where is your consumer in yeah. in relationship to your brand and like where where are they on that journey
2: in that journey exactly
1: how do you know? That's
2: an important... How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that is part of your own process of like, you know, for example, we do journaling because as we have conversations with our audience or we see comments on, on certain topics that we're talking about in videos, whatever it might be that you're getting their honest insights and feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a conversation over Messenger on Facebook that you're having with someone in your audience. All that information is helping you understand your sales narrative so if you go on the phone, I always tell people, I'm like, listen, if you can't get on the phone and sell whatever you have to somebody, you're going to have a hard time selling it digitally. (laughs) Now I know you're talking about food products and (laughs) getting on the shelf and stuff, but people will look up a brand. Yes. And so it's not just about a single story on a social media post. It's about the cohesive narrative that your whole entire digital footprint has, because they're going to look you up on Facebook. They're going to look you up on different channels and see what you're all about. And you're gonna have bits and pieces of everything, depending on you know what part of that uh, digital environment they're in. So it all comes together for people. And I think when you're trying to do something like in the food market, have you ever seen like um, Dr. Bronner's?
1: Yes. Well,
2: yes. his story's right <laughs> on the damn bottle. <laughs> <And> it's
0: so long. <laughs> um, yeah, you exactly. Can have a,
2: a story can be one sentence. It might yes. be a statement about what do you stand for. Like, yes. what if you have a product that is. Important to you because of a personal reason, put that on the bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, let other people know who are in that situation because they're going to relate to that and they're going to say, Yes, I want the product that stands for this. Yeah. You know, we all want something that's affordable. I get the money aspect, yeah. but you'd be surprised how important it is that people trust who they're buying from yeah. and they align to the ethics and values of who they're buying from.
1: We're seeing this a lot in the food industry that things are really shifting, especially with. A millennial target audience that yeah. millennials are so, so much more aligned with a particular brand because of brand values. And I imagine like that's all shared through storytelling.
2: It is. And there's going to be brands out there that do it really well. And remember, it's verbal and nonverbal. So like, there's these communications that happen in many different ways and you have to understand your own story. And then, like for example, we, we help people craft their own story mm-hmm. um, because it's all the turning points, the epiphanies, the moments, the micro moments of your life that we use then to create sales stories. And we have what we call a sales toolbox. So you'll have you walk away with like 14 powerhouse sales stories that you'll use. And it depends on where someone is in that buyer's journey and that mindset. You know, timing is important. So we always say, you have to know what story to tell, who to tell it to, and when to tell it. So those stars have to start aligning.
1: Okay, so what story to tell, who to tell it to, and when, and what timing? Exactly. Yeah. Do you find that people... Tell different stories to different audiences?
2: The story is always grounded in your in your like ethos, right? Your, mm-hmm. your 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 core founder story, right? Yep. But then the story you tell, you can tell many stories. Now, these things, for example, if somebody has already is a believer and they understand the problem that they have, and maybe they're exposed to your brand and they're interested, but they have an objection on something, and you say, all right, well, how do I handle this objection? You might have a result story. So a story gotcha. that yep. demonstrates how someone else had this problem and you know how they overcame it. You're not just telling them something; you demonstrate mm-hmm. something.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. a difference in just
2: telling somebody something, and then a difference in giving a story that demonstrates it um, in a way that they can go, "Oh, I see what you're saying now." You know, yeah. it's very, very different, and and it adds value. I give a quick, quick example. Like, sure, there was. Um, have you ever heard of Pig Island?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So there's an interesting story I read and I can't remember where it came from, but it was a book I was reading and he told this story. And he was like, I went to this, my wife dragged me to this art display out in Coney Island. And they had this picture of a pig swimming in the ocean. She's like, oh, this is so cool. What do you think? And he's like, I just see a pig in the ocean and whatever. I would never pay all this money for it. (laughs) And so (laughs) one of the owners comes up, hey guys, how you doing? And he starts talking to him. And so he tells him the whole story about Pig Island, how this started and what it was for, and then how like you know the pigs didn't have food on the island, so they started running boats and dumping all the, the leftover restaurant product into the water yeah. so the pigs would swim out there. And it became this whole thing about culture and about what happened with this whole situation. And he was like, oh, my God. He's like, now I want this painting because it's a great conversation piece and of it has course. so much interesting story yeah. behind it. The value just went through the
1: roof. Yes. Yes. I see this all the time. I mean, so Adam, I don't know if you remember, my husband works in wine sales and yeah. he he will say like time and time again the way that he can sell wine is by painting the picture of that, you know, female winemaker like in the cellar, <laughs> you yes. know, doing taking all the steps that she does and like, you know, when when he goes to like get that first order, people are like, oh, I want that like female winemaker wine. You know, they don't care about the grape varietals. They don't care about like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) any of the details, but it's like that they like latch onto the storytelling piece. Like oh, that, I want that. it that, like, because leave. that's what's
2: memorable. Yeah, that's exactly. what that's what they remember. Um, people's minds logically they don't remember facts and statistics necessarily unless you wrap it in a story that's compelling yeah. and memorable. Um, so any sales team, like even in most of these companies, like you know Microsoft and stuff, they literally have you know chief storyteller. Their sales teams are called storytellers. Like mm. so, there's a very deep connection in how that form of communication works to to get sa- sales.
1: I imagine too that once you have the storytelling aspect down, the sales seem easier. It doesn't feel as salesy. It's
2: not a sale. Well, part of what we why we do it too is like to help create an authentic approach to marketing that's honest and based on your values so that you don't feel disconnected from what you're doing. Yeah. And it's it's grounded in who you are and the company is then run in a way that is based in those ethos. So that's really important to honest, ethical marketing. Um, so, you know, because you're going to start figuring out, well, what is, what, what is like, what does this company mean to me and how should I be driving the bus, right? So, yeah. you know, every decision you make, it has to be grounded in the right ethos. Otherwise, you're going to start making decisions that will disconnect you from like who you really are
1: totally <laughs> i've seen this myself you know students taking having a big opportunity come up and they there's some part of their ego that wants to say yes to it or like you know everybody's uh, telling them they should pursue this opportunity and you know when they actually study it it's not in line with their their north star and exactly. it ends up being the wrong fit for their business and here's yeah. the
2: thing too it's like one of the things i always tell people i'm like you have to realize that People hear storytelling, they're like, oh, I've heard stories, I've seen movies, I get it. I'll go out and tell my stories. I'll do yeah. it myself. And I'm like, yeah. ah, okay. <laughs> and like you have to realize that like <laughs> it is based on instinct, a child can be born and we can put a pencil in their hand and they can doodle. And that's like the tip of the iceberg, which is the part that we see. So that's the instinct part. But when you want to become an expert and become excellent at something, it's like you have to learn, study, and be and practice on how this works. So you don't just sit down at a piano and play Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, right? So it's like, it, there is so much more behind it that people don't understand, especially when it comes to business and how to apply it to a business.
1: Yeah, so what I hear you saying is, for all of my listeners who are like, yeah, yes, like, I love storytelling. I am a storyteller. Like, aren't we yeah. all storytellers? Like We are you, all. We are, we are all storytellers. However... I hear you saying that it's something that that we need to craft,
2: and it, just and- like anything else, right? It's it's like ten thousand hours of practice, as Malcolm Gladwell will tell you. It's <laughs> um, there is a level of instinct where we're all natural storytellers, but just because you get a pan of can- pan, a can of paint doesn't <laughs> yes. mean you're going to paint a Picasso.
1: Yes. So, how do you train someone on how to hone that skill? <laughs> Well, so we, we, we go really
2: deep on helping them understand, you know, how it all works, why it works and all these incredible experiments and time tested things that people have gone through. So you could start really understand, well, first you have to know, like, if let's use the piano analogy. It's like, here's a piano, you know, like, wh- how does it work? Why does it work that way? So like the more you can learn about it, the more you can learn how you can use it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to first understand the thing we're trying to do. So if somebody was going to teach you to paint, I can give you a bucket of paint and you could start doodling all over the place. But like we said, it won't be a Picasso. Yeah. So someone starts teaching you, what does composition mean? How does this work? Mm. How does the lighting work? How do you do this? And you get into those deeper, deeper details. And as you learn it, you get uh, better and better and better. So one is practice. We do a thing called story stage. So like every quarter people from our program come up and they do pitches to practice their stories mm, yeah, um, yeah, and get real-time feedback and things yep. like that. So that's really helpful. But so th- th- there's a number of components that we have to go through to help them understand what makes it tick, how it yeah. works. And then how does it work for your business? Not just like a story, you know, following the arc for a movie. It's very different for a business.
1: Right, right. I think I, I love that you differentiate that because I think it's it's so important to... to remind my listeners and to come back to this idea that we're not talking about storytelling just for the sake of storytelling, right? Like we're not talking, (laughs) we're not talking about how to be an entertaining person at a cocktail party. We are talking about how to use storytelling to drive sales for your business and change, change the world with your, with your business and your storytelling, right?
2: that's the idea. And what happens is when you start really getting all these bits and pieces and understanding how it works, you get more comfortable with it. It goes throughout your digital uh, conversation. And now when people are looking at you and seeing you, you start uh, having this focus where you're attracting the right people, yeah, right? Because it's yeah. so clear, it's so compelling. And all of a sudden you have people asking you to be on their podcast because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you... It, it So when we say you attract more customers, you definitely do. So, you know, it's because you're... It's like setting up your spider web to be more compelling, you know? Um, 100%. if you don't have that, you can... We can go through an audit. We do sometimes like uh, hot seats in our public uh, Facebook group where mm-hmm. we audit stuff. And I got to tell you, like people are all over the place. They're like, oh, I have my about page set up. I'm like, dude, like it's so disjointed. <laughs> Nothing is making sense. And it's like, there's just so much more work to do.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So Adam, why don't we link your free Facebook group in the show notes here in case people want to come in and see what you're talking about and, and all of that. Um, of course. Sure. Sure. So can I ask a, I'm going to ask a question here. So how, how can someone know if they're already doing this? Because I think that I I'm betting that we've got listeners here who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm totally on board with this. I love the power of storytelling. I'm already doing it in my business. Yeah. How, how can we, how can they like audit themselves? How, how do they know if they are successfully (laughs) like being, um, a storyteller?
2: That's a tough one because that's like saying, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. It's kind of like saying, how do, if someone who's never seen the sun, how do you know, how do they audit to know like what it looks like?
1: Right. Or it's, I guess it's like asking someone, Hey, do you have a good brand? Like everybody thinks their own brand. is <laughs> right. great. Right. Yeah. My brand's amazing. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and
2: that's the funny thing is like we hear from people and I always say like, part of storytelling is kind of like, really ramping up your brand voice because maybe mm. that triggers them to say, sure. okay, brand voice, get it. But it goes further because you're really creating these compelling scenarios of how to talk to people and get them excited about what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to really express like, what does that look like across mm-hmm. your digital footprint for mm-hmm. your emails, your lead magnets, your videos, your social yeah. media? Like, yeah. How do you apply it across all those things? And how do you keep the focus on everything? And what stories do I need to be telling? When do I, We actually have something called a story map mm-hmm. um, that we custom created. It's proprietary. And we're like, we need to help people understand like where their person is in the journey. And then yeah. what stories they need to tell during that part of the journey. And then um, you know, we give them some ideas of the types of tools that might be applicable to. So they really get that timing, the who, what, and uh, when factor yep. <laughs> in there yeah. because we saw a major disconnect there.
1: Yeah. And that makes so much sense, right? Like I see it all the time when, and I'm sure you do too, people come in and they're like, Oh, Allie, like I've, I've been in business for three years. I've been in business for five years. Like I don't need to do the brand identity workbook in retail ready, or I don't need to do the target audience workbook in retail ready. Like I'm good. And then of course, like they get a couple of weeks into the program and we realize that, Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) They do. (laughs) They skipped that or like didn't do it as thoroughly as possible. And then something is missing in their in their messaging down the line. It happens all the
2: time. And I get it. I mean, I've been there, too. Like we are experts in what we do. And but here's the thing. What I always hope people do is they keep an open mind because when you come into someone's other another person's world of expertise yep. and you feel like I already did this I already know you know you know why I run my business and my core or whatever values I'm like okay great but go through this because think of it as just taking a step back to resharpen the saw yeah. You know, over time, we get comfortable with what we already have because maybe it is working, but maybe it can be better. Maybe you need a fresh perspective. And I always talk about it as resharpening the saw.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a great analogy. I, I see it time and time again that the students who come into Retail Ready at, with open eyes and come at it from a beginner perspective have so much more success than the ones who come in with an ego. It's true.
2: I mean, and it's hard. You can't really force people to, you know, get around those things until they run into those challenges and things like that. Um, And I love when people hit rock bottom before they sign up for something because that's when they're the most open-minded. They've Mm. tried all their stuff and it's like, they're just not getting to that next stage. I don't care if you're going from six to seven figures or zero to, you know, five figures a month, whatever. Like, when your ideas and your ego is exhausted, yeah. then you become desperate. and You're like, okay, I'm ready to listen.
1: I'm ready to try any <laughs> solution. <laughs> yes. You yes. Know. Not to say that I want my my retail ready students to come in when they like have, a, you know, a really, really at a low point in their business, but coming in with an open mind is so, so, mind, so yeah. important. Yeah, it's absolutely. I cool. love thinking about storytelling too. Like I'm really thinking about it with... The, the type of clients that I work with. And the idea that a pitch to a grocery buyer or to a wholesale yeah. buyer has to be rooted in storytelling because they, we, I mean, when I was a buyer, like I would see this, I would get dozens of pitches a week and it was really hard to it was hard to pay attention to them all. You know, like I was really busy. I didn't have time for it. And the ones who captured my attention, now I'm realizing like are the ones who had that really compelling story (laughs) rather than just saying, you know, like I'm the most delicious granola on the market. (laughs) it's, it's so true. It's so true. And it's
2: funny. Like I was interviewed on someone's show, um, Dob uh, Barron. He was like, Adam, of all the people you've interviewed, all these social entrepreneurs, yeah. who, who has inspired you the most? And the one that came to mind was who had the most compelling story. I was yeah. like, Oh, cause I remember that so well. <laughs> <I know. Exactly. laughs> and that's just the way it goes. And, and there are ways to set up emails. Like, when I got Ariana Huffington on the magazine, yeah, uh, you know, I woke up at two in the morning and I was like, "Man, we got to get people to take this magazine seriously. I need to get like a big name on here." Yeah, and I woke up at two in the morning, in one of those like nervous sweats, you know, like yep. is, is, like struggling, and I was like, "Okay," and I spent like two hours crafting this email. And it wasn't just about the magazine. It was about why are we doing this? What do we stand for? And I knew that she wrote the forward in another book about social entrepreneurship. So Mm. I knew how to relate to her based on who we were. So the alignment there was uh, really strong. So I know who I was talking to and I knew what was going on in her life from a timing standpoint and I knew what to say. And I wasn't just adapting myself to her. It was, her, she. I reached out to her because she was a good fit for who we right. were. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And she said yes. And she said yes. That Actually, is, she got back to me the next morning. Holy the first time I pitched uh, Seth Godin, he said no. And then a year later, I pitched him and he said yes in like five minutes after I updated my pitch. Yeah. And yep. um, yep. I like, he's like, when do you want to, I'm like, when do you want to do the show? Meaning like next week, next right. month, like whatever. He's like, how about in an hour?
1: Out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, uh, not ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, let me find a quiet spot and let me <laughs> you let you know me clear my schedule. It, Allie? Allie?
2: <clears throat> the beautiful thing about this is one, it is the heart of your marketing storytelling. Yeah. It, marketing is your business without it. You don't have a business and storytelling is your number one marketing asset. Right. And so, you know, when you think about these things at the end of the day, it's timeless. These are marketing principles. This is not like a Facebook strategy or a Pinterest strategy. That's going to change all the time. And you're going to be reliant on this platform. Learning these key marketing strategies are what make all these brands great and they will be timeless for
1: you. Oh, uh, you have convinced me, Adam. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I want to go. I feel like I say this with all my guests, but I truly mean this. Like I want to go back and think about my storytelling. So yeah. um, gosh, thank you. I feel like that's such a great note to, to end on. You just like yeah, sealed sure. the deal for me. <laughs> um, where can Where can people find you? Where can people learn more? I always ask my guests this because typically like after episodes, I get a bunch of DMS being like, put me in touch with the guests. Like they are so wonderful. How can people find you?
2: Um, So I'll give a couple ways. One, our main website is changecreator.com. Very simple. If you want to take a first step and just kind of getting more familiar with storytelling, just go to changecreator.com forward slash storytelling roadmap, all one word. Um, and then of course, you know, Amy and I we're on Facebook a lot. That's a primary place where we hang out for the business, but our personal profiles are part of the business. So we okay. have our page, our group, our personal yep. profile. You can always reach out we'll get back to people sooner or later. Um, Just give us a minute to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. So I will link, I'll link all of that in our show notes today and I'll link your Facebook group too. I'm over there in your Facebook group. I love hanging out in there. So by all means, my listeners, you know, I I would be happy to see you in Adam's group. Um, Adam, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You provided so much inspiration for me and I'm sure for our listeners alike.
2: Awesome. Well, I'm glad I could share that, and I appreciate you having me here.
1: Of course. This episode is supported by my free workbook on 100 wholesale buyer no's. Why would you want a list of 100 heartbreaking reasons why a buyer says no to your product line, or frankly, why they never call you back in the first place? Well, when you anticipate the no, you can prepare your rebuttal, and that's exactly what I'm walking you through in this free download. Find it directly in the show notes, and you are going to be one step closer to getting those wholesale buyers to trust you, trust your product line, and
0: place a first order. All right, that wraps us up for our 150th episode. Thank you so much for joining us again today and for joining us on so many past episodes. This episode is so valuable for considering all the ways that our storytelling can tell others more about who we are and what we stand for. If you're a retail ready student, please come and post in the student community and we'll have a bigger conversation on any questions or thoughts you wanted to share. Or if you're part of our greater community, come and join the conversations in our Food BizWiz Facebook group, linked in the show notes. Have a great history of your day. Bye! Thanks for
1: listening to Food Biz Whiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.